That's going to be great. Hope you can make it, get there. It's a real privilege to have uh, Pastor Kevin Pete ministering this morning. Kevin's a great friend of ours and been a friend of Elam in New Zealand for uh, for a long time, about 20 years, and uh, he's done a lot of visits over here. And uh, in his role in the UK, he's pastor church, is and uh, been a pastor of pastors for over 20 years. So he's got a wealth of experience, got a great revelation on the Father heart of God. And uh, so let's put our hands together and welcome him. Thanks, Bob. Wow. Oh. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Ooh. I've had three knee replacements and I've only got two knees, so I'm in need of prayer. I've had more hands laid on my knee than any man alive for healing. And it's just great to be here with you. One of the privileges of longevity in ministry is you get to see things happen and develop. I first came to your wonderful nation with my wife, Margaret, in 2001, wasn't it? 22 years ago. It was, I always know because it was when the Twin Towers fell. And um, that, was, that was the year we came. And we've been to this church, I think, five or six times. And we've seen five or six different pastors here in that time. And, but the best ones now. Whoa! You know, all, all joking aside, Mike and Liz did a great job. And every, everybody, just break off that rejection off you. You need to go and see a counsellor. That's what you do. You need to see a counsellor and have a talk about it. And I'll give you a clue. The first question is always, tell me about your dad. That's always the, the first question. Uh, you know, and, but one of the joys of coming here, I've seen this church with a few humps and hollers along the years, but there's just a great atmosphere. Am I the only one who can sense the presence of God here this morning? God is here. And you know, I don't care. I am very privileged to preach all over the place. I'm in a different church every week. And my number one question isn't whether they have a fabulous drummer like you have here. Or don't you just love the incredible cool bass player? They always stand near each other, the drummer and the very cool bass player. Just wonderful to see. But I ask myself a question when I go in churches, large or small, can I sense the presence of God? And I always have a sigh of relief when I can. Because I've got to tell you, I go to some churches where I have to really stretch my faith to believe that God is there. I know theologically it's there, but my word, people look like they're baptized in vinegar. Never mind about the Holy Spirit. But, um, oh, praise God. Margaret, would you come and say hello to us and just tell us. Uh, say hello to Margaret. It was actually over here. First time, second time we came, or third, we just stopped pastoring in Glasgow, and we were heartbroken. Um, when God called us to leave our church, uh, I'm a church man. I love church with all of its interesting aspects. And we came, and we had six weeks in your wonderful nation. And Margaret began to write. And she started to write for the very first time, and now she's just completed her 10th book. So tell us about it. 
So I brought books before, and I know many of you have got uh, some other ones of them. This is baby number 10 here, the man who was God. We've just been singing a fantastic song. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. And the reason we want to speak the name of Jesus is because there is power in the name of Jesus. When we speak Jesus' name over our life and over the lives of those around us, he does miracles. And a while ago, I started to read afresh about the miracles of Jesus. And as I looked about every line in the, you know, in the, in the miracle, there were loads of stuff that I, I'd never read. I'd like glossed over. And so I thought, I want to write a book with all those little details in, you know, to bring them out. And, and so that's what I did. I wrote the miracles. Um, this is a 33-day devotional on the miracles of Jesus, a miracle for every day. And um, I, just, I just wrote, um, as the Bible says it, but I wrote it from the point of view of maybe a servant in the corner or maybe a child in another room. How did they see things and how did they bring out those words, what happened? And so hopefully it will bring the miracles to you in a different way. There's applications at the end of every chapter um, for your own life with prayer to pray and an application made about anxiety or worry about finding peace. Just just everyday stuff. And so um, if you want to go to sleep at night time, thinking about the miracles of Jesus and about Jesus' miraculous power in your life and those around you, then maybe you can find that helpful. So that's $20. You can pay by FPAS. You can pay by cash. Um, but again, it is fantastic to be with you today. Thank you for making us feel so welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. We also accept drugs as well, if you want to know. No, we don't. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's the last meeting of the day, and I'm feeling a bit more like I can relax. <laughs> you know, it's just wonderful. I, I said this, mor this, this, this morning on the first meeting, I'm not saying this because I said it, but I really, really mean it. Pastor Shane, you're at the start of something great in your life, and... I'm not jealous because I'm happy where I am, but, you know, to be starting out is a wonderful thing in ministry. And you've got great mentors there, but I tell you, sat next to you, you've got a father. And I said it this morning, and I'll keep saying it, Bob is a father to the movement, and he's a father to this church. And I tell you, he's forgotten more than you know. And plug into him. He's got no ambition to lead. He's here just to help you. And I, I, I used to go crazy with some of my younger pastors. I, I oversaw 85 churches. So approximately 100, 120 pastors I was responsible for. And I used to go on and on and on. And I said, I know it's great to look at the latest stuff from America or New Zealand and all the podcasts and get all your zip, zap, zoop, bop, boom, pong, ping pongs in place and with all your tweeter, whooper, waters, whatever they are. But I tell you, there's nothing like experience and people who carry something in God. So I just, and we love Bob and we, we love your dear wife, Margaret, so much too. Um, we we grieved with you through that but today's sermon do you ever wonder where preachers get sermons from people say it's the bible yes i know that 
But what on earth makes them pick a certain passage at a certain time? And I, when I was pastoring, I had the privilege I could do series. So you did a character, you did a book, you did something for six weeks. Glaswegian people, where I pastored, couldn't cope with more than a six-week series. Six weeks and they, they lost the will to live. So it was, it was six weeks and finish. Hey, big man, stop talking, you're driving me crackers. So we, we had to develop these... But when I started this itinerant ministry, I've got this incredible desire I've got about 25 minutes to engage with people many people I don't know so it's like a challenge every single week to try to get a connection that makes you prepared to listen because you know we all have a backstage and a front stage and um, this front stage looks very nice in fact I'd like one or two of the carpets for my own house it's very nice nice carpets but I tell you if you go backstage you'll find a lot of plugs and a lot of wires and a lot of stuff and a lot of mess and some empty crisps packets and an half-eaten Mars bar and you'll find probably the ashes of a former pastor buried somewhere behind there because backstage is never as good as the front stage and sometimes the mistake we make as Christians, we always go for the front stage. It's always about the presentation. It's about getting your three points beginning with Z. And if you can, well, you're a better man than me, Gunga Din. But this, it's all about the, the, the smooth, cool look. But can I tell you, God doesn't give a brass razoo about your front stage. He's not impressed. But he is impressed by what's happening backstage in your heart. What's really happening in your life? We just sang some wonderful songs. And I remember A.W. Tozer wrote a quote in 1963. And his quote was, Christians do not tell lies. They sing them. <laughs> it was a, bit, a bit, bit, bit edgy with Mr. Tozer. And we sing these songs about you're always, and I think the worship leader mentioned it, it's hard at times. But I want to talk to you this morning about the Father's fabulous hands. And this sermon came about when a few months ago I went to the gym. And as I said again earlier, I went to the gym, but I didn't partake in the gym. Um, I'm not built for a gym. I can't even get my leg around the bicycle because my leg won't bend. And so I do a bit of cross training, but I walk past there, as always, to get to the best bit of the gym is the spa. Um, and we ban thin people. Shane, Mike, you wouldn't be allowed in my, sh my sauna. You, we, we kick you out, thin people, fit people. It's all the people who've got a nice bit of a belly on them. And we sit there and soak, believe when we're going to lose weight, and then go out and have a Mars bar and a pint of Coke. <laughs> and so I'm walking past the gym, going past the swimming pool, and about four o'clock, the kids are in, and kids only have one volume. Ah! So it's very noisy. So I'm trying to quickly walk past the kids to get to the sanctuary of the sauna. Then I saw one lane was roped off. And I just stopped. And something I, I saw is the inspiration for this sermon. And, and I just stood and watched this amazing little picture there was a little child, I would think between two and three, little girl, and she was obviously very sick. 
There was a tube in her, in her nose. There was a pack on her back with oxygen in. And she obviously, she looked incredibly pale. And, uh, but the thing I noticed, she was floating on her back. And the mum had the legs, holding the legs up. They'd got the lane to themselves. They were roped off. And dad was in the water holding the head, but he was looking over, guiding the child. And they were just locked eyes. There was this, like, pyang moment where they were just, it's like all the noise disappeared. It was no noise. There was just a dad and a child having an extremely magical moment and this child felt incredibly safe and I stood and watched it for 10-15 seconds and I went into the sauna and I began to cry and as tears were running down my face it was just like the Holy Spirit was just giving me a fresh revelation that that was me that all my life I've been in Father's hands. And any claim to achieving anything is absolutely nothing to do with any talent or skill or work ethic that I have. It's all to do with the fact that he's carried me for 69 years. And the truth is, I am disabled. I couldn't speak properly until I was 18 I had a speech impediment I used to stutter everybody at school laughed at me the doctor even said to my mum Mrs. Pete be prepared that Kevin will never hold a job down because he's already showing anxiety and fear because my dad had two nervous breakdowns and I'm here 13,000 miles away and for the last 37 years of my life I've made a living doing the very thing that people laughed at me because God has carried me and so I want to talk to you today to him be the glory not nothing to I'm trying to say to you is that father my father in heaven has fabulous hands and they will hold you in any circumstance you find yourself in where you feel like you're sinking. If dad took the hand off that child in the swimming pool, the child would have just drowned. But dad was holding up the child and they were grinning at each other. And I want to share with you, if I can, three things about the Father's fabulous hands today. That's the title of the sermon. So this came out of me in tears, in a sauna, all, all thin people banned, just having a moment with God. And I came down home, and the next day I wrote what I'm going to share with you today. So the first thing I want to say to you is in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, 1 Psalm 139 verses 15 to 16, it's where 
David's trying to run away from the Lord. And he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the, there, the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And there, there was the scripture of the picture that I just saw of God's right hand holding me fast through the journey of life that I've experienced. And we have never lived in a period of such insecurity. There are so many young people now because of the COVID situation who've got mental health issues. There has never been a time where sexual identity has caused more angst and issues in people's lives. Jobs are insecure. It's all short-term contracts. Politics, who do you jolly believe? Wars. There are people out there and now... For the first time in many years, when I was some of you young people's age, in 63, there was what was called the Cuban crisis, where there was about to be possibly nuclear holocaust between Russia and America. And folks, we are not many steps away from those things happening again. There is an incredibly insecure world that we're living in. And one of the things this world is crying out is for authenticity and security authenticity and security yet God wrote this hundreds and hundreds of years ago that my right hand will keep you secure my right hand will keep you safe is it true is it just preaching the last year of my job as the regional leader in Scotland and the northwest of England I had three pastors die in the previous 19 years we only ever one lost one pastor we lost one with covid at 52 years of age pastoring a 300 strong church we lost another guy 56 with sarcoma dreadful cancer that that slowly ebbed the life out of him and then finally as my term was office was ending we had a 37-year-old man with two young children get cancer and die. Despite hundreds, every one of these, we rallied every intercessor. We did everything we could possibly do. We prayed life. We believed. We went for it. But they died. What do you do with it when you're the leader and people are looking to you to explain why God has taken people before their time? I've got to tell you, I felt incredibly insecure and there were days I was crying. I couldn't go to the funerals and that was a big thing because I'm a pastor and I couldn't even go to the funerals. I couldn't go down and talk to the grieving widows. I couldn't say goodbye to some of my friends. It was absolutely heartbreaking to walk through. And you could tell me stories. You could tell me your stories of heartbreak. But I want to tell you, I stand here and know that God's hands are secure. And he kept me in the darkest times. And that verse that it says, my ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than yours, says the Lord, became a reality in my life. And he kept me secure. And guess what? He'll help you to be secure. 
if you really get this from... You see, my problem is, when I said about the front stage and backstage, my prayer is that you will invite God backstage today. You all look incredibly ordinary. No, you look incredible. You're awesome people. Awesome drummer. Really cool bass player. You all look absolutely great. But your truth is you're backstage. God's interested in. And I want to say a little prayer just to ask God to speak to our backstages. Father, I just pray as I continue the, my ruminations about your fabulous hands. I just pray, Lord, that we give you permission to come backstage. And where we're feeling incredibly insecure, insecure in love, insecure in health, insecure in finances. We just say, God, would you come and hold our hand? And would you help us feel safe? Amen. Second thing about the Father's hands is in Psalm 37. Psalm 37. His hands are restoring. Father's hands are restoring. Psalm 37 and verse 23 and 24 says this. If the Lord delights in a man's ways, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. The Lord upholds him with his hand. Am I talking to anybody in Auckland who stumbled in the last year? You know, I said to you, I've had three um, um, knee replacements, which is a miracle. I've only got two legs, but I've had, I've had three knee, knee And I have found this year has been a bit tough. I've probably fallen three or four times because I don't lift my left leg enough as I should do. And if, if there are some bits of pavement, I stumble. But being an ex-footballer, you wouldn't believe it looking at me, but being an ex-footballer, I've, I've learned to roll. Most times I just get back up again absolutely fine. Margaret comes running up to me with first aid kits, but I don't need them. But when you stumble, you know what it's like? You're going for Jesus and the phone goes and it's the doctor and he calls you back for your results. You know, you believe in God for that great job opportunity and the person you dislike most in the world gets it. Stinkeroonie. Has that ever happened to you? You know, things, and things just happen and you stumble over something and you trip up and suddenly it's God's fault. Suddenly you think, I'm not going to worship. And the worship leader says, come on, turn around to someone, give them a high five and say, God is good. And you think, I'm not going to do that. Stuff you. <laughs> Why should I do that? God's not been good to me today. The boy that I loved has asked somebody else out. The girl that I loved has gone off with somebody else. Things happen and then there's a reaction. We stumble. And here, I want to let you know, if you stumble, God's hand will help you to be restored and to bring you back to where you should be. It's the best news you'll hear this weekend. Anybody here whose heart's going a bit cold, God's not got a big stick to drive you back. He's just got a hand and say, Will you take my hand? Will you take my hand and let's go back together and let's start the journey back to where we went wrong and let's sort it out 
And guess what? I'm going to dust yourself down. I'm going to dust you down and get you back into the race. Over here, do you have the repair shop on your TV? Anybody ever seen the repair shop? For those who have never seen it, it's a program for over 55s. <laughs> so for those young people, there's no sneakers, there's no neat words, there's no funny signs, and there's certainly no funny hairstyles. These older people have had some treasured possession that's broken. It's absolutely broken. But, and it was their favourite toy when they were a young child. And, I mean, it looks a hunk of scrap. But they look at it and tears come into, when I was a boy, I used to play with this little thing and it was amazing, it, but it doesn't work anymore. And say, so, can you repair it? And then they, what they do, these experts take it all to pieces and at the end of the show, when they're all saying it's very difficult, there was lots of, dunce, d lots of dents, lots of bruising, lots of rust. It's all, I don't know whether I, but you know very well, at the end of the show, when they unveil it at the end, they make it like it was brand new. Can I tell you, my father is the best repairer, the best restorer of anything in the world. He can make you so much better. He can make you better than you ever were before you even began to fall he's a wonderful restorer I wonder today am I talking to a man or a woman you're thinking it's okay for you Pastor Kevin but you don't know how I stumbled you don't know how I fell I remember preaching in a church in Birmingham about 15 years ago and roughly where that gentleman is there, there was a man right at the back with his arms folded, sort of a bless me if you dare look. You know that look you get when, if, you, if you're ever a preacher. You've got nothing to tell me, pal. But he, was, he listened very well, and I was talking about the Father's love. And he was just got his head bowed, and he looked really sad. And I went up to him, and I said, excuse me, sir, are you okay? He says, you don't know me, do you? I said, no, never met you before. And he said, I used to be an elder in this church. I was the elder. And 10 years ago, I counseled a lady in the church, which is always danger ground. And he fell in love with the lady. And they had a mess, divorced, he went off with the young girl. She stayed with him for about two or three years and then spit him out. And he came back to the church and he just sat on the back row and he said to me, I remember him saying this to me. It's a real challenge what I was preaching. He said, I'm finished. God can never use me again. I know I'm going to go to heaven. I am saved. But I know I could never be used by God again because I have totally blown it big time. And I said to him, very gently, shut your face. <laughs> Would you let me talk to you just for a minute about the amazing grace of the amazing Father? I said, in my Bible, does it say, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive most of your sin? Is that what the Bible says? Do you know your Bibles here? It doesn't say that. It says if you confess your sin, 
he's faithful and just to forgive? Yeah, now only this, this side believe it. I'm, I'm, to, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm going to the dark side here where the, the pagans and unbelievers are. He will forgive? Oh. And I prayed for that man. And he had a revelation from head to heart backstage. I preached at that church a year later and he was sat here. That told me a lot. And I couldn't wait to go up to him and with tears in his eyes, he said, Father's forgiven me and I know it now and I can go again. And he gave me this great big man hug. You know, if you're not much of a hugger, you don't really like it when you get big hugs. But he hugged me so tight, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it was just like this raw thing. Final thing. Final thing I want to talk about very quickly. Final things about Father's hands. They are helpful. Isaiah 41. Last verse. Isaiah 41. Verse 13. It says this. Hopefully it's going to look up on the, on the screen as well behind me. and Keep it up there. It says this. For I am the Lord your God. Who takes hold of your right hand and says to, to you. Do not fear. I will help you. You know you might be here tonight. Or today. And you're saying well. I feel quite secure. You might be here. You say well. I'm quite close to God, so I don't need restoring. But if anybody here needs a helping hand to get through life, is there anybody here who needs something to help you to keep going? Keep on keeping on. Through the financial problems, through the family crises, through the faith issues, through the health things, God's promise to Auckland City Church this morning is that he will help you and he will help your hand.